December. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. This O Steve comes to us from Robert Miller. He says, O Steve Redemption. Hey, my niggas, I was dying laughing when you read my O Steve. Then said I missed the mark. Hopefully I can redeem myself. It's Burt Bridgewater speaking about what a real man does. Hey, this is Burt Bridgewater. And this is what a real man does. When a real man catches a case of the Andes, a real man gets his best friend to punch him in the temple repeatedly until he remembers his thoughts. Because real men don't use vitamins. Real men use <laughs> trauma to remember. And then you beat your friend to submission until you realize you've killed him. And then you try to bring him back to life. So you slap him a few times, look him in the face and go, oh, Steve. <laughs> There's enough there that made it funny. Yes. Steve, play the music. Okay. Uh, why are you laughing? Your sound effects. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Black Stan Flavor. Uh, yes, I'm Hoffa, P. Instagram. Read my previous email, motherfuckers. Well, that's not how you... You know what I mean? <laughs> Intro the podcast for me. Uh, in the beginning of the video, goddammit, I'm going to be a goddamn regular emailer in this bitch. Yes, I'm coming through in the house jerky off. I'm coming in the house jerky off, dropping off loads around this fucking house like a goddamn dump truck, LOL. Steve, play Eminem stand. Aries, I want you to do the track by impersonating DMX and a little bit of 2000 Slim Shady, if you can. <clears throat> well, hello, sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce and the matzo ball nut thrower, LOL. This is all over the place. Uh, yes, fellas, it's me again, Stan. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right to you old fucks again. I've been partially waiting in the hallway, LOL, waiting for you guys to read my email. I wrote in episode 433 six months ago and 451 four months ago. Birdman voice. Motherfucking ain't waiting no more. I fucks with y'all pod and even I even revisit previous episodes too. No, not by watching it orderly, not watching it in an orderly fashion like I should. Fuck that noise. But I'm going to write this too long so I... Going to end it here because I want to save all my thoughts in my head for the next email. Uh, Don't save any thoughts. (laughs) Put them all in one email so that we can fill in some of these gaps. 
uh, P.S. Aries and Andy Italian accent. If the two of y'alls don't read my email, I'm I'm coming back and roast y'all motherfuckers. If you're going after the king, after the king head, you better not miss. I don't care how y'all going, how y'all going to do it, but goddamn it, I'm first emailer and I better hear my previous emails throughout the video. Fuck it. Two hour video if y'all have to. If I don't hear it, oh, it's on now. And call me Black Stan when you announce me. LOL. All right, peace to the love and power. Uh, this motherfucker feels like an out of control, uh, drugged up monkey uh, that's just ripping everything in the lab. And we're trying to get control of it so we can feed it. I like that he called out all the impressions that you mm-hmm. do or all the accents, mm-hmm. except for the one that his whole email was in. Right. The Asian voice. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we're going to try to keep you uh, in somewhat of a rotation. Uh, but damn, brother, you all over the place, bro. What, what was he? Black Stan? Black Stan. Black Stan. Um, Quader Colvin. Quader Colvin. Uh, porn names. Please show me love. I work graveyard. I work graveyards and I fuck with y'all heavy. I got a porn movie title. Clit Hanger. A play on Cliffhanger starring Sylvester Stillbones. That shit was probably corny to y'all. Well, let's let's get a judge's ruling on this. Cliffhanger. I, I wasn't upset with Cliffhanger. Okay. I wasn't. And then I did like <clears throat> Sylvester Stillbones. But we've said that before. Yeah, but you know, but he is, I, I think it's relevant since he's almost 80. Oh, 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 right. Viagra, you know. <laughs> I've been a day one listener. If you are ever in the Irvine area, which we were just in, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, check out Logan's Logan Brothers Shaving Company in Aliso Vejo. I can't pronounce that shit. Aliso Vejo, California, black owned. Sorry, Andy, LOL. Why are you apologizing to you? This is black owned. I don't know. We're Jewish. I'll still figure out a way to make some money on it. Come on, man. What is it, <laughs> Can't stop the Jews, baby. <laughs> now, before, I'm going to pick one of these to read from you, Cyril P., because you wrote me five, goddammit, and I, and I got a feeling they're all <clears throat> quick bursts. But I'll, I'm going to read one because I got to be fair to everybody else. Cyril P., Spider-Man. Yo, A&A, Cyril here once again. I'll make this one quick. I'm currently watching the episode where you guys are reviewing the last Spider-Man movie, and specifically the scene where Andrew saves Tom's girl, Zendaya, which makes the scene so great. In addition to Andrew's emotions in that scene, is that if you remember from the original death scene with Andrew and Gwen, when she was falling and he attempted to save her with his web, Andrew's web did catch Gwen, but it was still too close to the ground to avoid a fatal impact due to the slight elasticity of the web. In the new one, you can tell only if you saw the Gwen death that Andrew would not use the web method to save Zenendaya. Instead, he used the method he used. Uh, I found this really deep and made the scene so much better. That's it for now. Love and peace. Yeah, I remember when we uh, talked about that and I alluded to the fact that that to me is how, you know, uh, you should watch, you know, in, in, in fucking with our podcast, from the beginning, you know, go from the beginning. Because if you go out of sequence, you won't get how that moment is important. You know, if you saw Spider-Man and you did not see the one with Andrew, uh, 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 what's the name? Andrew Garfield. And that moment with Gwen, 
uh, then yeah, you, you, you did that moment ain't gonna hit you the same. That's and what the you Tom Holland Sparta Man. That's what you got out of that, that his email. Yes. Because yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. We I used that as an example. Yeah. You know what I get out of it? <clears throat> the reason he didn't know to see it is in Irvine is because he was watching, listen to the episodes in order. And he missed out the fact that we were in Irvine because he's listening to him in order. But that wasn't the Irvine. I dude. know, but that's what would happen. Oh, if okay, was here. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, hey, man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Femi Oguns. Uh, Steinberg racist. Hi, ANA. The last episode was a weedle, weedle bit insane. Trying to play off for the we tied. That's we tied it. <clears throat> I believe that a lot of what America is going through is it is anti-immigrant bias. Any country or community that is dominated by a particular race and has a building population of foreigners who are still the minority will face some antagonism. And from my experience, this happens in every society, even in the countries where everyone is black. There is antagonism to foreigners, but because the color is the same, it's referred to as Xenophobia? Is that how you say that? Yeah. Xenophobia and not racism. But I believe that is the point Steinberg is trying to make, is that the antagonism to other groups by white people in America is a human behavior, not necessarily a racist behavior. Because they are all the dominant population in America, they will hoard opportunities for great for themselves before thinking of others. I, is this supposed to be IG or EG? EG, Asians, American... Uh, Asian Americans and media. That is a behavior that happens in every country and every society, regardless of color. Once a critical mass of foreigners in a country start fighting for resources, the locals feel threatened and start to act out. And this is what is called xenophobia or racism. All right. But I believe in. Street fast. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, <clears throat> So you could actually say America, despite its flaws, is one of the few countries that has been able to make progress with integrating foreigners into its society much more than any other country in the world. But yes, you could also point out that America has a complicated history, especially with its forced immigration, slavery. So it's a unique situation where black people are fully American because their ancestors were brought to America by force. This makes locals, this makes them locals because their ties to whichever African country they come from is uh, severed. So America has no notice, no choice, but to fully integrate them. Hence, initiatives like affirmative action, but yet the skin color is different, which still makes the community protection racism to persist. Asians, however, are predominantly immigrants. This is not their original country, so antagonism and retrogression should be expected. Asians in America, unlike black Americans, already have made or already have media representation from their home countries, e.g. Chinese movies, the same for Hispanics, e.g. Mexican te telenovels, telenovelas, telenovelas, etc. <clears throat> the only group in America that lacks this are the black Americans, even though some are trying to integrate back with Africa, but it's not the same. I know the fight for representation by Asians is the Asian American representation, but whatever the reason for its lack of it, whether it's racism from whites or maybe the arts is not a culturally predominant trait among Asians like Steinberg suggests. The truth is any dominant group of people in a country will try to remain dominant regardless of color. 
Just imagine a minority group of people fighting for representation in a country like Japan or China. So dudes, I think it's okay for people to admit they are racist or rather protective, especially white people, because it's a human thing, because we are all racist and tribalist. But when the color is different and there is a torrid history, the protective behavior appears more sinister. But meanwhile, similar skin folk are doing worse to each other in other countries. Anyway, there is definitely a racial hierarchy in the world, and the people at the bottom generally get it worse, and the people who are at the top of another are aware, and they act more superior, so they kiss the ass of the race on top of them and disrespect the ones below. I will leave you guys to determine who is at the top and who is at the middle and who is at the bottom. Femi, guess where I am from? Femi Oguns. Uh, take a guess. Where is it from? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Where you from, Femi? Just tell us, motherfucker. You got time for riddles? Niggas is in their 40s and 50s. All right. That was a lot. Yeah, what did you think about what he had to say? <clears throat> I, I was reading it, so I couldn't really uh, focus. Well, it was something I was going to ask if we if we got into this again. And, and it's when there is... Let's say we're at a company, and let's say the 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 presidents and the, the all the people at the top are are uh, are are white, and then you have a bunch of people that are mixed. The, the lower level, the next Lean level, is the, the man, shot. the man, the man. Sorry, the management level. Um, that they're trying to get promoted. And then you have an Asian, you have a black dude, you have a Mexican dude, you have a bunch of white guys because it's by the the numbers by by our. Uh, our, our population. Let's say it just let's say by population it just it, it represented itself right. Anyone that doesn't get the promotion, other than the white guys, it's it's looked upon as racism. It's a, it's a racial component that made that happen. Yeah, but if a white guy doesn't get it, then it's just the white guys didn't promote him. He wasn't good enough. If all those people were reversed and they were all Asians at the top of the company. And the Asian didn't get it. The Asian got promoted. Then they would, everybody would say, "Well, it was it was racism." It, it depends on the uniform that's making the decisions and who's on the bottom. Whether it's racism, not all the time is it racism. Sometimes it's because that's the person who got got promoted. I think some of the things that we need to go for, and I think that we're uh, could eliminate some of this. Not in not in that job category, but like in schools, uh, in, in trying to get. Uh, accepted into schools and colleges, man, you have, we have numbers and we have to use these numbers. We, we got to stop. It should be based on, if, if we want to get rid of that, the, the racist ideas, base it on a number and the qualifications of the people. Don't let the, don't let this, the pre-bias come into it. And I'm not denying there is pre-bias. There is bias where you, you tend to, you tend to want to go with what you understand, the culture that you get, the people that you know. And, 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 and that, that's not actually even racism either. That's what he's talking about. This is about where you, you go with what you're comfortable with because you know it. And that's not necessarily racism. It's just that, 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 that that's a preference because of how what you, doing what you understand. I don't remember if I said this <clears throat> at the time we were in, in the heated moment. Uh, and, of course, obviously afterwards you, you, you go over it in your head and you maybe think of things that maybe you should have said that you didn't say. So, but I don't think I said this. But I, and listen, I can't really speak to what you're using as an example, because I, I, you know, and, I, and that's not to say that you're right or wrong. I, I just don't, I don't know it from that perspective. But again, going back to the Asian performing thing, 
performance thing, my thing was this. And listen, I understand when I said from the time Margaret Cho had her show to the time there was fresh off the boat, there hasn't been any Asian representation in between. And that's a hell of a gap. And listen, business is business. Margaret Cho's show, Margaret Cho's show got canceled because the ratings were bad. If the ratings are bad, at the end of the day, this is a business. You know, Hollywood is about revenue and making money through advertisers. And if her show isn't getting the kind of numbers that warrant uh, the money being spent to produce it, it's got to go. But here's where the racism to me is, is, kicks in. Okay, that's fine. But when white shows fail, they're given second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and endless chances to redeem themselves. If a person of color has a show that fails, particularly, like I said, in the pecking order, whites first, blacks second, and blacks are more likely to get more chances because, you know, we've just been around much more and longer and have been proven to be profitable. But anybody under that is a struggle. And I'm just saying that if white shows can fail and get a gazillion chances, then why can't Asian shows do? And they don't. And that's where the racism is. Okay, involved. no, but see, this is where I say you went with racism. Look at the numbers of population of Asians. Now, when you you work in Hollywood, how many Asian writers do you see on shows? Because you need writers to be part of it to 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 support the shows. So once again, we we tread in the same waters. Are you telling me you don't think that there's Asian writers out there? No, there are definitely Asian writers. So then why aren't but they getting more, the opportunities? There's more white writers there's more white there's more black writers there's well no no but don't that's you're going in the wrong direction uh, if, if you're gonna have a show with some asians and it we all we, we all know it helps to have the right representation in the room to tell those stories right and when you watch this see it loud thing i know it's about the history of black people in television but you could put all minorities under that umbrella they're out there this is a multi-billion dollar business that can change your life overnight whether it's a TV series, whether it's a major campaign, commercial campaign, like Flow for Progressive, whether it's a movie career, you can go from rags to riches overnight. There's a gazillion minorities waiting to fill that void. With that kind of money and life-changing uh, uh, ability and fame and fortune, they're out there. This shit is by design. I told you, nothing in Hollywood is by accident. There are no coincidences. I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist in, in this. I've always said it, it exists. It's part of the fact, a key factor in it. But let me ask you this question. Who do you think right now is one of the most, in, in recent times, Asian most uh, uh, comedic actors that, that's recognizable and gets jobs and is on things all the time? You see him on talk shows. You see him everywhere. Who is Ken Jeong. What is he? He's a doctor. He's a doctor. So why didn't he stay a doctor? Okay, but because it's great, but where was his priority? I know, but he... But all, where was his priority? I know, I, I know what he did. Okay. I know what he did. Right. But if it was like that, he would still be a doctor. But where was his priority? Okay, and you think it starts with Ken Jong? What no, about no, no. Jackie Chan? What about no. Jet Li? What about Bruce Jackie Lee? Jackie Chan is from here. Jackie Chan did his... It, it doesn't matter no, if he's not No, it doesn't matter because one, one of the things that he said, he developed his art form in China. And why do you think that is? Because that's where Bruce, he's from. Bruce Lee wanted to be here first. Yeah, Bruce... And he went back to Hong Kong because Hollywood wouldn't let him shine. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But we're, we're talking about... I'm talking about today. Okay, uh, Andy, here's what I'm saying to you. Again, when you... We all want the big leagues. Yeah. 
Yes, there are independent filmmakers, independent movie production companies in their in their in their uh, respective countries. There's Africans making movies in Africa, Europeans in Europe, uh, Bollywood, but the creme de la creme, the NBA, the NFL of movies and entertainment is America. That's why everybody comes here. Now, if you if if you choose to go. I'm going to stick doing stick to doing my thing and, and, and my origin of who I am and where I come from. That's beautiful. But make no mistake about it. You want to be the biggest and be a part of the best. And the mantle is held by America as far as that goes. That's why a lot of those people, yes, they migrate to here with the dreams and the hopes of moving to Hollywood, moving to L.A. so they can make the big time. And then when they find out how racist this business is, they sometimes have to revert back to where they came from because it's either that or don't eat. Okay, let me ask you another question. I, I'm not disagreeing with a lot of what you say, but I'm using some other some other ideas of why this goes on. One of them is population. One of them is what I just said about who what what the culture deems important. Where the funniest person that in in recent times in in, in the movie business came from being a doctor because his importance was to become a doctor over becoming an actor. Okay, so let's take those yeah, things. I, well, here's what we don't know. If he could have bypassed being a doctor and went straight to the movies or show business, I believe he would have done that. Otherwise, why wouldn't he just stay a doctor? He knows it's more profitable, the fame, the adulation, all that comes with that. Why not just stay a doctor if that's your passion? Culturally, that's what I'm trying to say. Culturally, they he, went he, into he, where? He, 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 he coincidentally and, and, and fortunately fits your narrative in terms of what you're saying. And he's saying. the biggest one. Well, he's the, okay. In recent times. In recent times. But he's the only one. Okay, so now let me ask you he, another the, question. The, 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 he's far outweighed by Bobby Lee, uh, 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 Lucy Liu, fucking Jackie Chan, Jet Li. There are far more Asians in entertainment that aren't doctors than there are. He's one. Yeah. Lucy Liu had a really productive career, her, her whole career. She's done well. But here's, before we go there. So did you see Crazy Rich Asians? No. Why? I just didn't see it. Okay. Did you see uh, everything all at once? No. Okay. What's the last Asian show that you've seen at the movies? Uh, I haven't. Unless it, yeah, you've Chan. answered your own fucking question. How did, how did I answer my own question? Because you don't, other outside of, outside of the Asian community, who's supporting Asian? Andy, if it was a movie that I saw in a preview that made me have interest, I would see it. I had no yeah. interest in it. And that had nothing to do with them being Asian. I had no interest in, what was the movie, the Asian movie you just named, the big one? Crazy Rich Asian. I had no interest in it. Not because they were Asian. I just had no interest in it. Right. That movie could have been Crazy Black Niggas. And if the preview don't do it for me, I'm not going to see it. Don't make that about that. No. Like that proved your fucking no, point. No, it does prove the point. No, it doesn't. Because there isn't a lot of people that are going to go see that movie made money. And it, it, it was it, a big, huge hit. Surprise and surprised people that it made money because people came out from outside of Asians to go see it. And who did it surprise? Uh, a lot of people. Like who? A a even the Asian community. No, surprised. it didn't surprise yeah, no, 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 the it Asian did, community. It did, it did, it did. Oh, stop. It did. I've watched, I, I just watched even a podcast on it recently about it. Listen. <sighs> The, the, the thing that what you're, you're missing on some of it is, is that the community support on on media, on television, you know, that the, the Asian network that was in the United States that's in that's in Canada didn't work in the United States. 
the, the Asian network. The Asian network, Asians didn't support it here. There's a different culture. That's all I'm saying. No, there is definitely people that are American that want to be part of that culture. But as you know, you have to build up from the ground. You need writers. You need everybody to be part of this. You know what you happen. need before you need any of that? What? Opportunity. Yeah, opportunity helps. Uh, yeah, you know, it more than helps. Yeah. It's the key. But I'm not. It's the fucking key. But I. In any, I'm telling you, in a multi-billion-dollar business, if you go, hey, let's fill a void. We can give an Asian if uh, give give an Asian person uh, their own late night talk show and have the first Asian as a late night talk show host. Look, how many white boys have we had? Seth Meyers, Craig Ferguson, Robert uh, Colbert, Leno, Letterman, uh, 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 fucking Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Johnny Carson. We've had eight and then some. Conan O'Brien, that's nine. How many blacks have we had? Arsenio, and then I've I, I mentioned yeah, Sinbad, which failed. Uh, uh, magic, which failed, but really the only successful one, Arsenio. How many Hispanics? One, George Lopez. How many Asians? None. How many Indians? None. Okay. If that opportunity was there, there would be a line around the corner times 10 to fill it. Now, you just said all these that didn't work, and then you just named the ones that did, white dudes that did work. Why do you think that is? Why do I think what is? That the white ones work. That the, the white ones stay on the air. I don't know, but if you keep giving people chances, you will eventually succeed. But you, what I'm saying is, how come there's only been Ars, Arsenio was the biggest success? Sinbad came, uh, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans came, and Magic came, and yeah, uh, Keenan and 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 uh, uh, Sinbad stood around for a little while, but not as long as Arsenio. Arsenio was the most successful, and Magic was an abomination. Okay, since Arsenio. There's been no one. How come we still don't have another black late night talk show? But we got eight white boys. We got nine white boys. You don't think that, uh, now I'm going to forget his name, the Comedy Central show uh, that. uh, With Trevor Noah? Yeah. You don't think that counts as. That's not a, that's not really a late night. No, it's not. It's not really a late night talk show. But it's a talk. It's a show. It it is a a show that was anchored. A news show that was anchored. I don't know if it's a new I show. I know, but it's, it's, okay, it's like you're but dancing it, around what I'm saying. No, 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 I'm not. There's because I'm going to get I'm, I'm going to get to what you're saying. So if 50% of the population is white and you want to put a show out and you know what's out there and then you have all smaller parts of the pie and this is a business, you said it before, that doesn't make any sense to you why they're still the ones on there? Andy, if you build it, they will come. And in order for them to come, they have to be first given the opportunity. And where I'm saying the racism lies is in the opportunities. I, I, I don't and that's not an accident. That's not coincidental. But you're only looking at one, one aspect of why it doesn't happen. Okay. I'm trying to give you other aspects. Okay, you're giving me the other aspects as though somehow that supersedes the main one. No. Which is opportunity. It's part of the problem. It's part of the whole problem. When you brought up Asians and I said culturally it's different and you want to deny that and it's true. I never denied it. But what you keep skimming over is that, yo, the main piece of the puzzle, you have to first be given a chance. You have to be given a chance. And if you're not given a chance, well, then where do you go? But there are Asians that are succeeding in this business. Okay. You you brought up talk shows. I'm giving you, I, I said why talk shows lean white is because that's where the advertisers are. Aziz Ansari was on Stephen Colbert, and he jokingly but seriously gave a jab to Stephen Colbert about, why aren't there any Indians? on TV with a talk show like yours. 
Because and he said, Aziz, I'm sorry, at the end of his thing, he alluded to, well, you white boys have everything. So, again, you're going to tell no, me no, about no. numbers now. No, no, no. I agree with you on uh, an Indian show because here's something else that I, I do say. When we look at uh, Russell Peters, when I look at Maz, Maz Giovanni, all the Indian guys that come out and do their shows – Support, sell out. I didn't even know there was that many Indians living in fucking Phoenix. And every time uh, an Indian comedian comes in, sells out. They don't need black people. They don't need white people. They don't need anybody else. They sell their shows out. The support's there. So to your point, I think that that is something that I would look at. If I was the if I was the person that was making calls, I see that as a, as a viable community that's going to come out and support the show. They're going to watch the show. They're going to buy the products that are sold on the show. So you think that if that opportunity is given us another minority that, that people won't come out and support it? I'm saying that the built-in support is already there. When R Russell Peters, have you ever been to a Russell Peters show? I know. He sells out arenas all over the world, yes. And who comes to him? His people. So how come when you see, uh, when, when, you see when you go to Bobby Lee's show, when you we, go to Bobby we, Lee's we, comedy we, show, we, we it's sat, not Asian. I, I'm, I'm telling you the same thing I told you before. People of different colors tell you their story mm -hmm. and you bypass it. When we sat with Russell Peters, he told you some of the bullshit that yeah, goes on. I agree. Me, Godfrey, Vince, Kayla, Neri, and you fucking do this all the time. I'm not denying what you're saying. What I'm saying is you don't see what I just said. I just said Russell Peters. I got Peters. it. I got the part about culture and education. The part that you seem to be missing is that show business, and I use this analogy, it's like Studio 54. It's the hottest nightclub in the city. People are around the block a thousand times over to get in. Because as Patrice said, when you can get on a show where you make a million dollars a week and it can change your life, there's no shortage of people waiting to get in this line. But do you think that, be, that, that, that these opportunities aren't being filled because, oh, it's educational and cultural? As, that might be a part of it. But please, trust me. Those gaps can be filled and will be filled quickly. Those opportunities are not being given, and it's not by accident. Okay, I understand what you're saying. So then what are you no, fighting me on? Because when you say cultural and you say, hey, you can make a million dollars and can change your life, you could become a doctor, make a million dollars, and it'll change Which your you life. Which you think is easier, to, to, to make a million dollars being a doctor or being in entertainment? I think that it is uh, the the roadmap to becoming a doctor and becoming uh, wealthy and being able to have a family legacy is more guaranteed because it's, it is what it is. It's schooling. So that's and you what can they do that. That's what that culture has looked to. Okay. I don't understand how that doesn't make any sense. I'm you. not saying it doesn't make any sense, but what I'm saying is the road to being a doctor, even that road, yes, it's guaranteed because if you put in the time, you put in the schooling, you pass all the tests, you can be that. But that's not an easy road. Getting there is not an easy road. And once you get there, it's not an easy road. Show business, you, if you're lucky enough or fortunate enough to become flow from progressive, one commercial campaign, national campaign, you're set for life. How many flows are there? Are you fucking serious? No, no, I'm just asking you. There's only one flow campaign. I'm not talking literally just flow. I understand. I'm talking about talking the about. broad picture: film, television, voiceovers, animation, commercials. How many? And, who, and who's the dominant force in all of that? And how many? Who's the dominant force in all of that? Well, probably white people. Right? Don't say probably. Probably who, white people. No, don't say probably. Who's the dominant force, Andy? White. Okay, you okay. think that's by, by coincidence? Okay, now, now. You answer my question. No, no, no. So what are we arguing about? No, let's go to this, though. When you go to the doctor's office now, when you go to a doctor and you go to a new doctor's office, what, what's the doctor? 
When I'm not talking about medicine. I understand, but you're That's not. That's a whole nother ball game. But you're not understanding what I'm trying to communicate to you. <sighs> Daryl Albright horror movie titles. It's it's fu- it's infuriating, because, dude. But you're not trying to understand what I'm. It's communicating. not that I'm not trying to understand, but Andy, you have this arrogance, this white fucking arrogance, where it's like people of color are telling you, Indian fucking uh, uh, Russell Peters has said this to you. I have said this to you. Vince has said this to you. Have I denied? Said this to- Did I deny it's difficult? No, but you put on your fucking tattoos and you fret to stare no, around all I'm of it. I'm giving you other information that's relevant to it, and you okay. deny it. How, how relevant do you think that is? I think it's very relevant. If I go to the doctor and there's more Indian doctors than any other time in, in the world, and they're women, you don't think that that's telling you something about what that culture's looking for and looking to do? Okay. What up, S? Here's some more porn titles for you. A Nightmare on Elm Street becomes A Nightmare on Porn Street. Oh, that's not strong at all. Uh, starring Freddy Screwer. That's not bad. Uh, Friday the 13th becomes Friday the Girth the 13th. Starring Jason Moore, please. Uh, and last but not least, Poltergeist becomes Poker Twice. That's that funny. one's good. That's funny. Sorry for this, but uh, sorry for this, but this has to be done. Training Day becomes Training Gay, starring Denzel, washing, wash, watching buns. Uh, as <laughs> washing buns, <laughs> Denzel washing buns. Oh, I gotta say it fast. As always, keep me keep keep me laughing to myself and looking crazy at work. Peace. The Training Gay was actually. Uh, nah, training gay. That's that's too e. That's too, too easy. But yeah. but it, but that one was. He, he cleaned it up with washing buns. But those those two, the last two are good. The first two are are pretty weak. Yes, especially uh, nightmare on Porn Street. Yeah, that's. But Freddie Screwer, I kind of like that. Miles Wardlaw, nigga check. Uh, hello, Aries, nigga check, please. Uh, please, Andy, every time they talk about racism on the podcast, and I've been here since almost the beginning, you tap dance around the racism of it and make it seem, make it something else. Every single time, you could never just flat out say something is racist. Shake my head. This is getting really, really fucking old. $10, a lot of money. Once again, the black person, but he don't, you know. No, but he said this. I don't understand why there can't be more to the conversation. Well, why can't there be more to the conversation? Andy, there's always exceptions to the rule, but the rule is not the exception. I gave you some really, like when I just there's, said even Let about, me say that again. There's always exceptions to the rule, but the exception is not the rule. Do you understand what that means? No, I understand exactly what it means. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you. We could play. We could play the game of back in the sixties and civil rights, and when shit was hardcore. Yeah, there could have been this. There could have been that. But, but the, 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 the base of the, but the beef, the meat. We know what that is. Okay. And that's very influential you, and very powerful. You just said though, when we were talking about this, and I want to make sure that I say this. When he, I, you just said Indians, and then we were talking about Bobby Lee, Bobby, Bobby's comedy, and I think they're two. You know, Bobby's a well-known comic, right? Yep. Have you ever been to one of his shows? Once or twice. H- how many Asians are in his show? It depends on where he's at. 
It d- does depend on where he's at. Most of the time I've seen him, it's been at the comedy store, and that's a very diverse yeah, audience. Yeah, that's, that's different. But if you go to his shows... I've never been to a show where he's okay. somewhere headlining. It's a, it's a very mixed audience and not very strong Asian amount. It's not like it's predominantly Asian. It's not. But like when I said you go to an Indian comic, it's predominantly Indians at the, com- at, at the show. All I'm trying to say is there's different things in different cultures that moves people. When you have, and you, you started this with Asians, and I said Asians, I said when the Asian network came here to the United States from Canada, they didn't support that. They're not a television, they're not an entertainment culture to the American side, even to the Asian side, they're not. So that was my point. And when I say it, you're acting like I'm trying to say blanketed. There's no, uh, that, that's the only justification. No, racism plays a part in everything. Pre, uh, prejudging everything. Well, like I said, when uh, Crazy Rich Asians killed it at the theater, that's a big deal. I understand that it's underserved. That's not what I'm saying. But why is it underserved? Sometimes you have to ask the questions of why. Is it just because, they, because Asians look different? What would you say the percentages? Of what? Why it's underserved. The biggest versus per- racism versus what you're saying. Uh, it's underserved. A big reason is is they're like six percent of the less than six percent of the population. So that's a small market to go after. And you know, uh, Hollywood doesn't want to go after a small market. They go after the larger markets. White is the largest market. Black is number two in production. Mexicans are a larger market than than blacks. Where are the, all the Mexican shows that are out there? You know, they used to say. Uh, and they and they alluded to this on the See It Loud CNN thing. They used to say the white studio heads, the white heads that ran the, the networks, the white folks, that you couldn't make dramas with black people because nobody wants to see black people be serious, which is why only comedies succeed. They used to say this. Yeah. And then once they gave the opportunities with great black writers, great black performers, those shows did bigger numbers than some of the white shows. So let's go back to the base of it. That thinking, that that ideology that only black people are wanted to be seen if they're funny. Is that not racist thinking? Yeah, that's racist thinking. Okay, that's my point. Hollywood thinks with racism first. So you want to talk about all these numbers, well, the small percentage and the base playing to a smaller population. Fuck all of that. If you give people the opportunity to do what they know how to do best, you know what comes into play? Not race, human empathy, human connection, great writing. And that has no numbers, I, I, which is why those shows and those, those moments succeed because they're given the opportunity. But when they're not given the opportunity because of racist ideology, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so let me hear the racist ideology that you're saying when I'm saying that there's some cultural differences. I'm not saying that the, the race part doesn't play a part in I said it from the very it beginning. It plays a major part. But the culture also plays. When Andy, I dis- I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying about the culture. But what I'm saying to you that you're not understanding is you keep putting it on, well, culturally the numbers, and culturally, what I'm telling you is, if they're given the opportunities, okay. they will be just, accept, just as successful and a much, as, as much as abundance, they will be there, but they're not given the opportunities. Okay, in the letter that we got from someone else who was explaining xenophobia and everything else, what do you, after white in, in Hollywood, what's the next biggest group that you think is represented in Hollywood? Black! 
Yeah. And it's a smaller percentage than Mexican. Why isn't Mexican represented more? Because they're not given the opportunities. He also said some other things that, that you didn't pay attention to in that. And that's fine. But there's another reason. What's the other reason? Because there are a lot culturally and what blacks went for in this country, when you're talking about going to Hollywood and making these movies and fighting for their opportunity to be in movies and putting this together, there's writers, there's directors, black is black people in the, in the black Hollywood is very important to Hollywood. And they fought for it to make that, to put themselves in that position. A lot of other groups haven't fought that same way. And when I said culturally, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying the racism isn't a, a definite part of it. I, I've said on this podcast many times, racism is always uh, an ingredient in everything that we do in this country. It's always an ingredient. But you don't see how the black population has fought for the right to be in that and has grown theirs, and it's part of entertainment, so part saying, of, so culture, of the so black culture. So you're saying that the Latino culture just doesn't have that fight in them that we have. Nope, there's a difference. Because Latino culture, as he said, the telenovelas, they can get, they can turn on their television and how many stations are on TV, right? When we were in Texas, do you know there was, I think, eight stations that are Mexican, that are Spanish-speaking television? When he said in there that black Americans are, are, are came here and they're full, they're, they're American, that they they participate in this only in Amer in the American culture because they are they are they are American. There there doesn't even need to be you hear Mexican American. It doesn't have to be black American black. It just you're American, and and they take and they for, they push and they got their part in that. And that's the, that's part of the difference in the culture that I'm talking about. They're they're not appeased by uh, get, turning on a station and finding BT, That wasn't enough. That wasn't the right thing. Where in the black, in, in the Hispanic culture, they're a lot of Hispanics are, are, let me make sure that I say this the whole way. A lot of Hispanics, especially the older culture, is fine turning on the television and finding their telenovelas and they're finding their uh, a black, I mean, uh, Mexican speaking shows. But there is another culture of, of, of Hispanics that want the same thing, that want to be part of the regular Hollywood. Yes, they are underserved. They are not getting it. But the more people that go in, the more people that write, the more people that put in there and it becomes part of that culture, that changes too. You need the people to make it happen as well. I'm not, I'm not, you, when I give another uh, take, it isn't that I'm saying the racism doesn't exist in that take. It's all part of it. I'm trying to seriously just figure out, like, okay. Like, I'm really trying to figure out, like, if I understand what you're saying. Because part of me is going, okay, I see your point about, you know, uh, Telemundo, uh, whatever those, a lot of the Spanish stations are. Okay, fine. But, but I also see things like HBO's The Latino List. Like, when it started out with The Blacklist. And if you, and I, HBO used to do these things called The Lists. It was the blacklist first. Then they eventually did the Latino list, uh, the gay list, and the trans list. And it's just, you know, on-camera interviews uh, of people of that representation talking about uh, the lack of opportunity in America and in show business. And they did one called the Latino list, and it was all prominent Latino people in politics and in entertainment talking about how underserved they are. So, again, I hear what you're saying, 
And I'm not even disagreeing with it. But I'm just telling you that as far as this idea, I don't believe that what you're saying plays so much of a role into why Latinos or Asians or Indians aren't excelling or the way that they should in show business like everybody else when I'm simply saying racism is the reason why they're not given the same opportunities. If I was to have to point at something, I would say the Latinos are the most underserved and experience the most racism in, uh, in Hollywood. I would say Latinos are. Because now. They're, they're, right now, they're the, lar- they're the largest population and they're underserved. Their movies are underserved. Their only reasoning behind it is because they have other avenues to, to, to ingest entertainment. But as far as the, the mainstream corporate, the stuff that we get every day, the stuff that's put out, the, the television shows, when you watch a television show and there's six characters on a show, how many of them are, are, are Hispanic? Very few. So, yes, I, 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 I d- never disagree and the racism isn't playing a part of it. I don't and I, I can point to them as the, the largest one. Because culture, but so ultimately, what you're saying is you're you're admitting that racism plays a part, but you're also saying that from a cultural standpoint, that's playing a part too. Yes, that's all I've ever said. Oh God. Okay. I think that percentage is so small; it's beyond ridiculous. The cultural part. Yes, I I, I, I do because because again, Hollywood is like like the lotto with better chances. And everybody's around the block. Everybody's trying to get that. Because culturally, in your mind right now, you just said everybody's getting it. Everyone's around the block. Everyone's. But in some cultures, and when I said Asian cultures, they're telling you when you're growing up in an Asian culture, go to school. You go to get you. You become a doctor. You become a lawyer. You become you become something in this. And that's how you make it. There's how many other places have you ever heard of a doctor becoming the most one of the most popular people on on movies? They had to go to the doctor's office to get one of the most popular uh, actors, uh, comedic actors for uh, for Asians. You don't think that, you don't think that that's odd? No, no, no. They don't have to. They don't have to. But that's where they found this guy who was okay, extraordinary. Okay, that's where they found him. But that, but they don't have to. The line, trust me, they're out there. Yeah, I, I, I think there's other people. I think there's other actors in Hollywood that are Asian that was like, uh, I could have done that. I part. guarantee you, more Asian entertainers are not doctors than Ken Jong. No. They're more of them aren't doc- No one's a doctor. That's I'm just. That's I was, what I'm saying to use him as the example. No, though. I'm using him as an example of how how far off the people that are, how how what the selection is when you when you look at uh, when you go to Hollywood. How many more white people? How many more black people are in Hollywood trying to work than Asians and even Mexicans, uh, Hisp- Hispanics in general? Listen, any parent would tell their child unless you just are extremely supportive of your kid. Show business is the last thing you need to try La- last to do. Last thing to do to Have work. a backup plan. Because it's such an unpredictable, hard business to break into. But again, if you break into it, it can change your life. But people who generally do things that are hard and the road's hard are coming from a hard place. It's been hard to be black in America. So you might as well fight and struggle through that because you, it's hard. We got to move on because we, 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 this is turning into yeah. the three, three, um, three email pod. Yeah. Emmanuel Gomes, quarantine time. Goliath. Wilt had black women 
watching the documentary now, and he has pictures with black women. He had the whole track team, LOL. I'm like, wait a minute, watching the documentary now, and he has pictures with black women. He had the whole track team, LOL. Y'all should take Poncho's song back for that comparison of Ice Cube to Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Shameful. Hear, hear. <laughs> uh, great show, fellas. Keep it rocking. By the way, I'm a SAG actor. Crazy, this AI shit. I was a background actor in I Want to Dance with Somebody, where, by the way, they cut out a thousand scenes of Whitney partying. Some uh my scenes, LOL, where she runs out the bathroom with Coke on her nose during a house party with Eddie Murphy and Bobby there. And it was like a showdown and Bobby won. Either way, uh, when they scanned the background actors and AI crow and AI the crowds at all the concerts throughout that movie. Uh what do you mean they scanned it? And it was like a showdown of Bobby Brown. Either way, when they when they scan the background actors and AI the crowds at all the concerts throughout that movie, but then he puts a period on it, like he like like he's leading to another point. But then he, I'm confused. He goes blah blah blah. blah. Either way, when they scan the background actors and AI the crowds at all the concerts throughout that movie, period. You, don't see, you, you catch what I'm... No, maybe maybe all the crowd scenes are AI. But that's not what he's saying. He's, he's, it's not like he's trying to say that, and then he just stops. That's the only thing I can make out oh, of it. Right, I'm trying right. to understand it. That there was that they scanned people, and they just put them into the... into the make, made them the crowd. Is that oh, because look, then he says, now that I realize that, I should have declined to do it. But that's why we strike. Love you guys. Peace, E. So I guess that's what he's saying, what you're saying. Yeah. But he didn't articulate that. Because before they used to have the cattle calls and they would pay right. what, people, what, what, $25? To, yeah. To, and you'd stand there and you'd get your little shot in the movie. Right. Sometimes you were seen, sometimes you weren't, but they needed hundreds of you. Right. But they've been doing that in a way, too, where they were taking small crowds and then they were generating the other people AI. Right. So yeah. that's been going on for a while. Um, John Thompson. John Thompson theme song idea. Uh, what's good, my partners, Raekwon, the God again. Just a quick email. That Ola Panchito theme, catchy as fuck. I keep catching myself singing it, LOL. If I got a theme, I can hear it already. Toilets flushing, real turds hitting the water. And the next stall, farts in the background, walkie-talkies, and forklift horns. I take fake shits while I write these emails at work. <laughs> oh, so he's... Okay. <laughs> I can't shit unless I'm at the crib or my grandma's house, LOL. Is it too soon for me to have a theme? Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Yehi, yehi, or no, he, no, he. Anyways, back to work. Thanks for reading my email, Raekwon the God. I, I don't know what your theme song would be, dog, because I don't know what the tie-in is to you. You'd have to have a... Well, yeah. It, it would, the tie-in would be the flushing. Oh, is that what he's saying? I think so. I got a theme. I, oh, I could hear it already. Toilets flushing real turd. I don't know about the real turds in the bowl, but maybe a, a whoosh sound. Yeah, that's more sound effects. That doesn't lend itself, lend itself to a theme song. To a, to a, to a key word is song. Theme song. You're just talking about sound effects. Unless there's a song. Oh, well, there about... could be a sound effect, though. You play this flushing sound, and then it's his... Uh... But he needs more than that. Like, it, it, is there a song that ties into taking a doo-doo? Not that I know of. Yeah, that, that, yeah, bro. Can't force it, baby. Can't force it. Greatness has to be natural. You know, fucking uh, uh, Ronald Williams, boom and beat. 
that's natural. Well, we started off with uh, with Coles with just the blue. That's true. That's true. And then I came up with tears in a bathtub. Yeah, that's true. May, let me re, let me think about it. it. This ain't that ain't an easy one, dog. Um, Renee Grant. Uh, it made the game better. I don't know if it's because I'm reading the emails and I'm sitting so straight up, but I'm telling you, the churn factory, nigga, it is like hot dog. On last stick. week, last week you didn't have it. I know. Where were we last week? Um. Sacramento, weren't we? No. No. Weren't we? No, Sacramento. Uh, Houston. Houston, that's right. Why am I saying that? Where do we do it in Houston? We we did a podcast. We did it in the room, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, this shit is all... It all blends together after that. All right. It made the game better, a porn title. Hi, Aries and Andy. Andy, I totally understood what you meant when you said it made the game better, referring to the NBA changing a rule to prevent a black player, black player, black player from dominating the sport. However, your statement is the equivalent to that new law in Florida saying that educators must teach students that slaves learn skills that personally benefited them. Even though the end justifies the means, the point of it originated in racism and hatred. And as a black American, that is a bitter pill to swallow. Okay, so I have a porn title that I've been working on. It might be corny to y'all, but it tickled me pink, LOL. Here it goes. Death Becomes In Her, starring Bruce Will I Bus, Chody Hawn, and Meryl Queef. I am proud of myself for that. I like Meryl Queef. Y'all take care. Uh, Death Becomes In Her. I don't know, but does that sound like a porn title? Death becomes in her. Death but comes. I don't know. I don't know. And Bruce Will I Bus. I don't mind Bruce Will I Bus. That don't something about that don't feel right to it, me. It's a lot of it's, it's a lot a, of syllables. Yeah, yeah. Chody Horn. Chody. Yeah. I like I I the one I really did like is Meryl Queef. Yeah, Meryl yeah, Queef. That's good. Um, to to his top part though, yeah. I, I have this. This is the other thing about it. When when the NBA was playing, uh, and the whole time before Wilt, uh, running to the foul line and jumping and and slamming the ball. That was that, that's when they changed the rule that you had to be stationary at the line. Mm. There was a lot of black people playing basketball at that time, so it wasn't changed because of black people. It was changed because of one black person that played the game at a level that the other people playing that game cannot play that game at. And And when you say the other people, you mean who? Black and white. None of the other guys could jump from the foul line. It was only one person that was doing that. And who was that? Wilt. Wilt. No one else could do it. Right. But the, so, so I want to make sure I understand the rule change. So they were saying you couldn't dunk? You could, no, you could dunk. You couldn't, what Wilt could do that no one else could do. Right. They didn't have a rule that you had to be stationary at the foul line. The shot had to come from the foul line. So what Wilt would do was run to the foul line, jump, and slam the basketball. From the foul line. From the foul line. Right. No one else could do that. Even Michael Jordan on his famous dunk where he... Yeah, yeah, he goes, he's, he's, past, he's past the foul line. So uh, very few people have ever been able to do that. Right. That was changed because Wilt could do that and no one else could. 
no one else in basketball. Other black people that were playing, other white people that were playing, they couldn't they couldn't do that. The rule was changed because of wilt. And and people come along in a game and they do make changes to games when people come along and 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 that's part of who revolutionizes the games. So uh, I understand what he's saying, and I, I don't know that I compare it exactly to that Florida law, but it w- it wasn't like all black people could run from the foul line and dunk, and so that's why they took it away because white people couldn't do it. It changed the game because he was the only one that could do it, and that's not how the that's not how they envisioned foul shooting was always at the foul line and then you shoot the ball. So <clears> they <throat> made the rule that you couldn't run up to it and dunk. Wait, I'm confused now. You talking about foul shooting? Yeah. So when he would run from the line and dunk, that was a foul shot. Yeah, he could he could jump from the he could run he could run like go go like you know past the so a traditional foul shot where the men are lined up on on either side, he would be able to run and jump and dunk from the foul line and dunk as a foul shot as a foul shot. What part of that did I miss in the documentary? Yeah, what he was the only one who could do it. Oh, I missed that. And his foul shot, his and it would affect, he would do it. If he could have done it that way in the NBA, he would have done it because his foul shooting wasn't that good. But eventually you wouldn't be able to do that for your whole career. Yeah, that rule change needed to be made. Now, the one where they expanded the lane, I think that was better for basketball and they, they expanded it. And I don't think that had anything to, I think that would have happened no matter what. Because if you could imagine a bunch of, Six, no matter what, everybody's over well over six foot now that plays basketball, except for some guards that are still under the mm. six to six four. But if you had these guys, you know, I, I think it's so funny when uh, you watch basketball games on TV, right? And because everybody's relatively in the same height in between six and seven feet, mm-hmm. they don't look big, they don't look real tall. Right. But when you walk up to an NBA player, even if they're a guard, they're tall. Six four is tall. Yeah, and you, but you don't notice it. So I think those lane the lanes would have changed anyway because that that's just no matter what that was too tight. Six feet in the middle of the lane. Right. So I think that's what it was. But Wilt's size in that lane is, is what made it change even quicker. But there's now look how many people, not really Wilt size, but six eight is not uncommon. Right. So I think that would have made the game change. Walter Tisdale, sports rules, black and white, football, Deacon Jones, head slap, night train, lane tackling around the head. What does he mean? He would, when they would, at the rush, he'd come out and slap him in the head and it would disorient the player. So they had to stop that because if you hit someone, especially with the hole where the hole for the ear is, it would fuck you up. And that's what Deacon Jones used to do. That Deacon was, Jones that was, has got to be a black guy, right? Yeah, that's, that was his move. It was a strong move. Okay, so and what he's saying, if I'm right, uh, Taking that away made the game better. Yeah, I think it made the game because anybody could do that. not any. You have to be quick. You had to be fast. You right. had to be big. But other people could do that, and that would fuck up the that would that would fuck up the other the opponent. Players using stick them on their hands. The defensive player touching the receiver after five yards. Do you remember that stick them on their hands? Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to put stick them on your hands, and that's how they're like a lot of athletes. That's how they're catching balls to give them a little extra. Oh, great! To stick them on the hands, but that beating people up while uh, that only, that first five yards you were able to give a chuck that mm. that changed the game. Basketball, the myth slash rule was you only had five black players on the floor; they wouldn't play correctly and be harder to control. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> 
Now it's funny. You look at the NBA today, and you're like, damn, there's one white guy out there. If one white guy. If one white guy. Uh, the three-point line was moved back. The lane was changed to a different length. Players were complaining about their hands slash wrists being hit white players. What? I don't know. I know that they moved the, the three-point line because they had sharpshooters. They had to move it back. So is he saying that white players were complaining that they were getting hit? Their wrists being hit. I All I know, well, I didn't hear so much about the wrist. The one, the thing that I knew that players were complaining about is people would hit their uh, forearm, like towards the elbow. And mm. that's, they weren't calling that because that didn't look like it was, a, you know, when you, right. when you see that, it doesn't look like it, but that's throwing off the shot. Right. And so I know a lot of players complained about that. I didn't know about the wrist. I know the elbow, hitting the elbow and that bottom, you know, right. lower forearm. That was what the complaint was. But the three-point line, that move, that was a white, was that a white player? Was that a, that was kind of, when there was three-point shots first started, that was kind of like the white player specialty. Yeah. So that was, yeah. that was a rule change for white, right. if, if you were looking for that white player uh, change. But now, it, now everybody, seven-footers are, are throwing down a three-point shot. So yeah. that, that's changed. Uh, and also, did you know Billy Crystal, Played high school basketball against Luau Cinder Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Did you know that? I didn't know he played. I, uh, I, I didn't know that at all. No. And Billy... Uh, Billy Crystal. Yeah, Billy Crystal. He, that, he's... Uh, he's. Uh, have you ever been to a Clippers game? Oh, I mean, that the Clippers are to him what the Lakers are to Jack. He He's always there. Always yeah. cheering. Yeah. Always, yeah. I went... I used to go to Clippers games and I'd go out there because right. you could get decent seats for Clippers games. Right. And uh, you would see Billy Crystal like in the stands, walking up and down, cheering, getting people to cheer and stand up. I wonder what would make you a Clipper fan die hard over the Lakers. Knowing the Lakers history and, and, and you know, Shaq has alluded to this on inside the NBA on TNT. He goes, man, I don't care how well the Clippers do. LA will always be a Lakers town. Yeah. Always. I would have been a Clippers fan because I could have got seats. I mean, uh, who, 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 uh, let's, who, who was the comic that talks about that? He actually played it. He goes, I'm a, play, I, uh, I'm a slow night. He play in the game. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, Robin Harris. Yes. It was Robin Harris yeah. that talked about it. Yeah. And it's funny, but I went to Clippers games because right. L.A. tickets were hard to get and you got shitty seats. Right. Now, I could go see a Clippers game and see someone who was in town that I wanted to see right. anyway, and they're playing the Clippers, and I could be on the lower bowl, like uh, up like seven, eight rows up, and right. I could hear the players. <laughs> so I would, if I had moved to L.A. at that time in my life, I would have went to Clippers games because I would have been able to enjoy the game differently. Did you ever see when Charles Barkley was on TNT, and I guess there was a moment when the Suns really sucked, and he was shitting on the Suns? Do you remember that? Yeah. That was what I said. Matt and Shaq, and Shaq kept egging him on. How's the parking, Chuck? Man, you park right up to the gate, man. <laughs> you park right up to the gate. And them nachos, them nachos stale. That ain't cheese. That, that cheese is cold. And them ain't, them ain't pickles. Uh, them ain't jalapenos. Them is pickles. <laughs> Dude, he, and he, he justifiably got to right. pick on them. And that's also because there was a different owner. Right. Than when, Charlo, than when Barkley was there, so. All right, last one from my girl. My Sherry Amore, pretty little girl that I adore. You're the only one my heart beats for. How I wish that you were mine. Had heard from you in a minute, baby. Shamora Emery. Hey, A&A family. I forgot to send this last week, so I'm touching on a few old topics. Movies that couldn't be made today. I'm dating myself, but I'm 50, so I can't help it. 
the first few that came to mind were Blazing Saddles. As I read these, just tell me whether you say yes or no, if you agree. Blazing Saddles. I think Blazing Saddles is the probably the one that you couldn't make today. Revenge of the Nerds. I think you could make it. They'd have to change it a little bit. Soul Man, 1986, C. Thomas Howell. You know what? Maybe there is two movies that you couldn't make today. <laughs> what? That Soul Man? Soul Man. He's... He, he, blackface. He, yeah. I, yeah. But is his blackface it, up there? Not comedically, no. But is his blackface more worrisome than Robert Downey Jr.'s? Who was it worrisome? The black people love yeah, it. Yeah, because but no, because they're you he used it to get uh um a scholarship. So it, it ties into a whole it's a whole oh, different right, right, right. Uh, it's a whole different conversation. Okay. Uh the toy. You it, could make that. I think you could. It, again, it would it would be it, there there'd be a few, few things that are different, but right. uh, I think the person who would like that to have never been made is uh, Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. <laughs> An airplane. I think airplane you could do it may be different. But right. you could do airplane. There's, there's, yeah. You could, you that could, slapstick. Yeah, you could do it. But, I, I, but it would be a different movie. It would be the same movie, for better or worse. It probably wouldn't be as good to us. It wouldn't be as right. good. But to keep people who are coming up now, they right. would probably enjoy it. But they made a uh, Soul Plane. Yeah, but they, yeah, I never saw that. But I auditioned for it. I never saw it. But it was. I mean, you know, that's okay. I never saw it. Let me not speak on it. Because I didn't see it. It, it, it yeah. Uh, a 90s, 80s movie that's now considered offensive is as good as it gets. Oh, that's my movie. It's a shame because Jack Nicholson played a great character who's an awful person. Those are often the best part of a good movie. I, I have a feeling that could be made today. If you, I, the right actors, right. the tone might have to be like moved around a little bit. Then I think you're fucking with the secret No, sauce. I, I think it's there, but I, I don't think you could be... Uh, I think Jack Nicholson's, they would have to do something. But right. I think it could be, it, it could be there. He was of a black hue, a molasses. <laughs> Those are all, blah, 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 blah. That's why most action movies try to have a great villain. Being a lifelong Laker fan, I have to speak on Jeannie Buss' list. She answered that question with her heart and ovaries. Hilarious. She left off Shaq because his departure from L.A. was so contentious. He yelled at Dr. Bus, you better pay me during a preseason game. That sealed his fate, and the Bus family never forgave him for that. As far as LeBron, he's not considered a great Laker to us real Laker fans. We appreciate the title and his talent, but he's more like a gun for hire. Like when the mob hires a hitman outside the family instead of using a made man. It seems now people confuse being best with being their favorite. I think Magic is the greatest Laker ever. Kobe is my favorite player ever, but neither of them are the GOAT. That a girl. Uh, that will always belong to Michael Jordan. Good girl. See, that wasn't hard. Now I have to comment on the Ice Cube email. My love for Ice Cube is well documented, but to compare him to two of the best to ever act is insane. Cube is a rapper who acts, not an actor. Thank you. And he's not even a good actor. Thank you. He's entertaining in some roles. Boys in the Hood, Friday uh, Friday, 21 Jump Street, etc. But he's not a good actor by any stretch of the imagination. Big shout out to all the fellow BB holders and the day ones and everyone else listening and earning their songs and intros. Keep up the great work. I'll still be in the front seat cleaning the chopper waiting on Big Daddy. Your girl, Shamor. You want me to shoot that nigga Big Daddy? Who you talking about? Uh, Pancho V? Nah, let him live. <laughs> let him live. 
Um, I want to address two things that you said, Shamor. Um, and in my new joke that I'm trying to put together where I talk about my Lizzo, and I say this respectfully, but I say this truthfully, this is why I said, and I'm glad you said it, because you're a woman saying it. When it comes from a man, it just seems like, you know, it, it's not as worthy of being taken seriously. But I said, women, y'all like children. Y'all deal in anger and emotion, not sense, logic, and rationale. And when you said Jeannie Buss made a decision with her ovaries, yes, because of her relationship with, with, with Phil, and, and, and you're going to put that over. Come, Shaq, get the fuck out of here. Thank you for agreeing. No, and I think, though, she does have a really good point about LeBron. Um, because what did she say that he was like a hitman? Hit because even Wilt, as great as Wilt was, and we just did right. the whole thing. He's a Laker, but is he a Laker? Because he played on some, uh, so many other teams, and he doesn't get that same Laker love. He doesn't have that same je ne sais quoi. But again, when, it, when I talk about if I, and I, if I'm drafting to start my team, I'm getting, I'm taking magic, man. Is, and I know he's, I don't put him as my goat. I still say that's Michael, but if I'm starting a team, that's the dude I'm grabbing. I think he is the greatest team player ever. And it's a team game. I take magic. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause before we end this, I, I, I definitely want to throw something at you. Um, and yeah, the ice cube thing. And listen, it's subjective. I got you. Got to say that it's subjective. But come on, man. Like I said, and I don't, I don't want to rehash this too much, but De Niro, Pacino—they've been in the game for sixty years. Yes, they've become caricatures of themselves. But when you've been around that long, something's bound to happen. But when you look at their body of work, especially in their prime and even their later years, in their forties and fifties, motherfuckers was juggernauts. Ice Cube is one note. Don't do that. Poncho, that's blasphemy. That's cinematic blasphemy. And like I said, the, thing, the point that you made about him being in a movie as a black man taking care of a black woman's kid, that's, that's, that's cultural morale. Okay, one other, one other thing I'm going to add to that. Has, there anybody, has anybody ever screamed that uh, Ice Cube has been denied his due for an Oscar nomination? Hello. <laughs> we could, that's it. That's it. Let me tell you something. And to me, Ice Cube's greatest performance of all time, and I don't know how much you call it a performance because it was so close to who he was, where he came from. Fucking Boys in the Hood. That's Ice Cube. But it was a great performance. It was a phenomenal performance. But that's Ice Cube. That is the crux of who he is. Yeah, but every, yeah. as an actor, you're supposed to use, yeah. you know, your... Yeah, but as Doughboy was his name. You, I believed every second. But I don't believe it was a stretch for him in terms of ability. He's, that's who he is. Let me ask you this question, then. Uh, do you think uh, if Tupac lives and he's still yes. making movies, do you think yes. he's... Yes. Blows Ice Cube out the water. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. I think he yes. threw him out of the water... Uh, on his first movie. Juice. I'm telling you. I was, I was scared of him. In Come that on, movie. man. So what I'm saying is, do you think he gets an Oscar? Do you think he's yes. up for Oscars? Do you think yes. he gets, yeah, okay. That's that's that was my question. Listen, even though I make fun of him, hey man, I, you know, of all the rappers to to do movies, I think Will Smith is the most talented. I think he's the strongest rapper turned actor. 
I still don't put him up there with Denzel, Sam Jackson, Lawrence Fishburne, a Jeffrey Wright. Those dudes are are they're they're thespians. They're, they're they're there's another level to that acting shit, and they're in that same. They sit at that same Justice League round table. Will Smith, I think he sits at the kitty table next to it. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say this because as long as he was on TV, they're, they're, do you see these guys that are on TV for a long time? And they might not be like the the greatest actors in the world, but there's something that when you just do it that long and t- and and the way the TV's made, where you're you know you're, you're right, you become if you're skilled, you're going to develop great skills, right? And Will Smith definitely is is an actor, man. No, no, he he, he is, he's, he's, yeah. He is. He's also a movie star, but he's an yeah. actor. Oh, well, we know, but well, we've gone over. Yeah. Mo- what yeah, yeah. That's a different criteria. Yeah, but he's, he's. Yes, he's a movie star, and, and yes, he's a good actor. But when I think of the best, like, like when in basketball, when they go, yo, Michael Jordan, Magic, Larry, they sit at the same table. You know, Kobe, you got to win rings. You got to have cachet to sit at that table. De Niro, Pacino, Nicholson. Denzel, they're at a table. I don't know the will is at the table, man. I put Lawrence Fishburne in that table. Sam Jackson at that table. Um, trying to think who else I would put at that table as far as the longevity. Will Smith's greatest performance that people I hear them say is Pursuit of Happiness. It was good. It was good. And what listen, Will has that. I, I don't know how you do it. Some people can cry on cue. Will Will knows how to cry on cue. Which is a unique talent. But just because you you can't do that don't mean you're not a great actor. You know, they have this device they use in Hollywood, like a menthol device. They blow it into your eye, and it makes your eye water up so you can cry. Because everybody can't do that. That don't mean you're not a great actor. That's just some weird, tricky shit some motherfuckers know how to do. Denzel knows how to do that. But um, I can't think of any other performance that Will has done where I go, yo, Acting wise, yo, I, I can't. I think you. I'm, I'm laughing right now because I think you hold two movies against Will, though. Yeah, man. And 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 and, and, and you know what? That's the one where you got to prove it. And yeah, it came up short. And the other one is where he plays the uh, the African. Uh, oh, tell the truth. <laughs> See what I'm saying? See, but it makes you mad. I think you put extra on that because that's important. That's really important to you. Because I, I and you know what. Uh, Kevin Costner's considered an actor. Right. And he did, uh, he tried to do a, a, a English accent. and that, Robin Hood. And that comes in and out. It's right. up and out. It's over. Listen, I've said accents are some of the hardest things to pull off. And what's amazing is some people that are hailed as some of the greatest actors in the biz struggle. Fucking Tom Cruise and I forget what the Irish movie he did with Nicole Kidman, where he played oh, yeah, the yeah. Irish accent. Fucking as and as much as we all love uh, Mel Gibson and Braveheart, and Braveheart's a great fucking movie. There were times if you talk to real Scots people yeah. from Scotland, they go, uh, "Oh, the rubbish man! Oh, it was terrible." You know, I, and I don't do a great Scots accent, but that's what you would hear. Yeah. In my mind, I'm watching Braveheart, going, "Look pretty good to me." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but again, when you playing a real person. You gotta, that's the Oscar shit. But, and Denzel is Stephen Biko and Malcolm X. Mwah. But you don't give actors like, do you think Kevin Costner's a movie star or an actor? 
He's a movie star, man. I think he's more actor than movie star. Because to me, movie stars maintain that forever. And it's like he fell off. He got older. They all got, well, Pacino got older. Yeah, they all got older. yeah you're right. Nicholson got older. I still think he's he was more of a, a movie star at that time. He hit, I think and he, un- he had the look that they wanted, and he got all those roles. I think after Untouchables and Waterworld hurt him big time. Waterworld did hurt him. Uh, Dancing with Wolves, Wolves made him uh, like the, right. the, the, the actor that people talked about. Right. But in Untouchables, I mean, though, is it? That's a well-written script. Well, Dude, that's one of my favorite movies of all time, I like and it. certainly my favorite movie of his. Yeah, uh, it, it was well done. But now, Tom Cruise, actor or movie star? Both. You think so? Yes. What was he? Actor More in? movie star. More movie star. But but, born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, I mean, there's these movies that they're outliers in these careers, though. I'm trying to think. and see. This is why again, you're right when you go movie star because I'm struggling to think of a Tom Cruise movie that was acting, like fucking blow you away acting. Born on the 4th of July, and then after that, I'm struggling. Yeah. But he is a good actor, though. He's a good actor, but... Fucking solid. But there's a difference between when you say... Few good men? A few good men, but who makes that movie? I know you're going to say Jack. But goddamn, Cruz is right there, pound for pound yeah, with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Kevin Bacon, uh, Keith Sutherland, Demi Moore, even <laughs> Kevin Pollack. Everybody was solid in Yeah, it's an ensemble, and it worked Oof. out really well. I'm just saying, if, if, I, if I had to pick one of the two. Right. Yeah, he's a movie star. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now here's my question. Put together a starting five. That beats this LA starting five. You got Magic at the point. You got Kobe at the two guard. You got LeBron at the small forward. You got Shaq at the power forward and Kareem at center. Put together your own starting five that could beat that five. Penny at the point. Okay, before you answer, let me do mine. Uh, that's what I had. I had Penny at the point, Jordan at the two. Kevin Durant at small forward. This is where I really caught flack. I put Tim Duncan at the power forward and then center Hakeem Olajuwon. And everybody screamed on me on Instagram. Dude, how you fuck you gonna have Tim Duncan at the power? You crazy. I said, yo, Tim in the post? A prime Tim Duncan? Who can shoot from the perimeter? The post moves? You crazy. It's it, it's hard not... Like, Tim Duncan's my guy right. when I think of the, uh, of the power forward position. But it's hard when you put Shaq at the power forward, right. not to look at see if there's another center that could play the the, the power forward and, so. and, and try to box out or move I Shaq. Think Tim around. Duncan doesn't he pull Shaq out of the? He does, he does. But man, what do you do with Shaq though? It, 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 it's a tough one because Shaq can't be moved out of the, uh, he can't be moved uh, at a power forward. I mean, I'm trying to think of someone who could move him, and the only one I can think of is. Uh, who was the big motherfucker that played with? Uh, it wasn't tall, but he was. That's an interesting idea. And and I, and I was thinking of Knicks, but I'm not even gonna. Go. Alonzo Mourning might be able to 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 fuck with Shaq at the power. So you say? Petty no, I'm not. I'm not going with that team. I'm just trying to think. Oh, of your right, team. right, right. I'm just trying to think. Could could I could I come I, I up? I picked Tim Duncan because Barkley kept always saying best power forward best ever. Power, I think he is the best power forward. True power forward. I think. All right. How about Malone on Shaq? Malone on Shaq would be, I, I, 
dude, there's something about Shaq though, because Shaq, <laughs> Shaq was faster than Malone. Right. So okay, so who's your starting five? You had Penny. I, I put the, Penny. Uh, then you have to go with Jordan. Jordan. There's there's no doubt about uh, it. Did I make a mistake putting Kevin Durant and uh, uh, instead of Bird? Yeah, because I would have gone Bird at my small forward. So you're gonna go Bird? Yeah. All right. And now uh, LeBron's on Bird now, and people are like, "Yo, LeBron will eat Bird up." I, you know, they, everybody was supposed to eat Bird up when Bird played in his prime. How many people ate Bird up? <laughs> right. Right. I know it's just you know he's Bird is the most celebrated and underrated player all at the same time. Right. Uh, I put him on there. I, I don't think that he gets eaten up. And then you have other people playing to, 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 to counteract some of the, some of what will happen. But now you're going to have, just imagine you got Penny controlling the ball. A young Orlando magic Penny. And now you got Jordan who realized that sometimes he has to throw that ball out. So Jordan <sighs> could go inside. And now who do you have waiting for the ball at the three point line? And so, yeah, he's going to get so no. So who's your other two spots? Uh, to beat that team, I, I still, I, I go the same. I go exactly what you said. I go exactly what Tim you, Duncan. Tim Duncan and Akeem. Akeem, okay. How do you, I, I, and I don't understand why people were mad at you about Tim Duncan, but if I wanted to counteract it, I would think about an Alonzo Mourning. I, I would think someone who has strength, power. Uh, I think Alonzo's a little too small, though. The, he played that center position, though. Man. I know, but Shaq in his prime. I, I, I mean, really, Shaq in his prime ain't nobody really stopping him. No. you got to play defense all around, and that's what Alonzo Mourning could do. He could play defense. He could keep that ball from getting back there sometimes. That's about the only thing I can say. But I would go with Tim Duncan because who who really can – who played right. great defense, who was a perfect defensive player, <coughs> it's Tim Duncan. I think Tim Duncan gets slept on. This I, man I really got do. five fucking rings. Because he didn't have a flashy game. Nope, not at all. Very basic. But could shoot from the perimeter and back to the basket moves like a motherfucker. But if I wasn't gonna now, who's your six man? You got to get at least one six man. Six man in there. It could be any position. Any position. But Kevin you Garnett. Uh, I'm taking Dr. J. Ooh. Because that's oh, that's oh, oh, when you when we talk when I put Bird into the game, Dr. J is my the one I leave out, and that makes me mad because that's that's. Oh. Now, Dr. J, I want to replace Bird, just to play in that in that wing position. Right. And that's where people were saying Duncan would get killed in the wing on the fast break. There's other people that are running. You got to, you got to, no one, no one's getting on a fast break with Penny though, either. Penny's, Penny is in his short little window. Let me tell you, on my favorite show, Open Court, Isaiah Thomas said to Tracy McGrady and Grant Hill, he goes, dude, if either of you three don't get hurt, you, Tracy, you Grant and Penny, the league would have went to another level. Yeah, I, I Penny was a beast, dude. People forget Penny was a beast. Could do everything. I don't want to say Jordan could do, but but from an athletic standpoint, inside outside, could shoot, hit the three, play above the rim, flashy when he needed to be. Penny was a monster, and he was six eight. That too. He's the only one that matches up w with magic to me. That too. Goddamn. So I, 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 I think that people being coming at you about Duncan is is is, is not not thought in a basketball team sport. So your starting five, you could see beating that Laker team. Man, there's gonna be games. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's gonna be games no matter what. Those those guys don't get beat every time. 
Uh, they they don't win every time. Those are those are games, right. man. Right. And would you have? You'd have to. You, we have Shaq at the power, Kareem at the center, or vice versa. <sighs> No, you have no. You have to have you have to have Shaq at the power only. Be, not that he isn't the dominant center, but I think he has the better ball handling ability to play. Right. Because Shaq can Shaq can move a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And and not that and uh, and that wasn't uh, uh, the fundamental center game. Right. Is what Kareem plays. He plays a fundamental center. Right. That that's his game. So Shaq is the one that would be able to to move differently. If you took out Penny and put in AI, no, it's a different team, right? And and I don't see honestly, I can't see Penny and Jordan playing on the same team because mm. there's a ball. Oh, you mean AI and Jordan? AI, yeah, yeah, right. AI and Jordan. Sorry, right. yeah, because the, 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 there's a certain amount of ball that they need to ha have the ball. Right. The thing about Penny is he didn't have to have the ball, and didn't mind distributing. Yeah. And, but you know what? That's an unfair thing to say because we never saw AI on a team where he didn't have to be the one yeah, to have the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. would have been interesting to see if he right. was on a team where he had people to distribute the ball to. Right. What his game would have been. So it, it is an unfair comparison. I'm going off what we know. Right. But if he was on a team like that, is he throw? Is the ball moving around a lot differently? Maybe. Maybe it's moving around a lot differently. Maybe his career lasts a little <clears throat> bit longer. Uh, I want to dedicate this last talking segment that Andy and I just did to a very special cocksucker uh, from the UK, uh, Brandon. Uh, that's the name of the podcast, to Brandon from the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Give out some dates. That's a show. All right, you guys. Uh, we are in right now in San Diego. If you want to come out, check us out, please do. August 3rd through the 5th. Followed by August 11th through the 13th, we're going to be in Raleigh Improv in Cary, North Carolina. Um, August 17th through the 20th, we're at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. Looking forward to getting back there, though. That's been a year. Um, August 24th through the 27th, Tommy T's in Pleasanton, California. August 31st through September 3rd, Helium in Philadelphia. Um, September 15th through the 17th, Louisville Comedy Club. In Louisville, Kentucky, September 29th through the 30th, Improv, Kansas City. Uh, October 6th through the 7th, Hartford Funny Bone in Manchester, Connecticut, October 13th through the 15th, uh, Orlando Improv, obviously in Orlando. Uh, October 19th through the 20th, Chicago Improv in Schaumburg, and October 26th through the 29th, Milwaukee Improv. And that's actually in Brookfield. Uh, so, Come on out and check us out, guys. Uh, please follow us. When you come to the show, honestly, it makes a difference if you tell us that we listen to the podcast. Just, just come up and say something to us at the end when we do the meet and greets. Uh, we appreciate it. We like seeing the people that are listening. Yes. Is that it? That's it. That's the show.
You don't like to do it face to face? I don't, I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. You mean it? Nope. That's crazy. Look! You can get a doggy started, you can get Ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get to say. Got it? 